So in this episode, we want to take off where we left off in the last one. And, and the kind of the crux of everything we're going to talk about is boiled down to the fact that since the Flexner Report um, in 1911, which we will talk about, uh, your body has been carved up into numbers. And the doctors assume, and you've let them assume this, that if they fix your numbers, if they open your blockages, lower your cholesterol, reduce your sugars, fix your blood pressure, get your weight down, you know, to fix your bone density, um, all these things. And if you have a perfect stack of numbers, that you'll be okay. So that we talked about that last time. But as a corollary to that, and something that's incredibly important, is that anything that we do has to be clinically significant. In other words, if we lower your cholesterol or lower your sugar, but as a, reduce of, as a reduction of doing that, we actually increase your heart attack risk, which many diabetic medicines do. Kind of ironic, we improve the number and increase your risk of dying of something you thought you were being protected from. Um, if we do that, then that's clinically irrelevant. We need a clinically relevant barometer of how we're fixing you. One of the best examples is in dementia medicines. Now, Neurologists use dementia medicines left and right. Uh, Aricept, Exelon, Namenda. We're about the only country that uses them because their utility is so flawed. Uh, but neurologists use them to the tune of $6 billion a year, and they convince patients that they are helping them. So the reason is there, the studies done by the pharmaceutical companies after a lot of trial and error was that to lower... Um, to these medicines improve a 70 question score by four points in about 9% of people compared to placebo. And they've, and that only lasts for about a year, if that, um, and then it comes to normal. So that is a numerical improvement. Even that sucks, right? I mean, if that's all we're getting a four point improvement, um, for less than a year, what's the point? But these neurologists will keep you on these medicines over and over. But what about clinical? So again, that's not a clinically useful thing. Okay, let's say you improve by four points. Are you less forgetful? Are you behaving better? Are you able to process thoughts better? What does your family think? What do you think? So there is something that's clinically relevant called a caregiver score, which is, okay, we've given your relative, your husband, your son, your father, we've given them this medicine. What do you think? Right, the the people who devise these tests, and we'll we'll see how antithetical it is to the Flexner system that we live in now. That there should ever be such a subjective assessment of efficacy for a drug. You know, Osler was always about his you know cardinal rule: if you want to know what's wrong, ask the patient; if you want to know if it works, ask the patient. But Flexner's idea is you got to measure something. So this is very subjective. Flex, the Flexner philosophy was don't talk to the patient because they'll give you subjective stuff that'll cloud the issue. So that's what's important though, right? Clinical efficacy can often be subjective. Pain medicines, are you in less pain? Depression medicines, are you feeling better? We don't need a test. If the test is good and you still feel like crap, then that medicine's not good. So for dementia medicines, when they actually ask the simple question, do you notice an improvement? The same number, notice an improvement with drug is with placebo. Exactly the same. Which is why no studies now use that assessment. They only use this 70-point numerical score. But everything we do here, every when we talk about all the, the different tests, procedures, medicines, 
uh, in the next many, many talks, everything's going to be based on clinical utility. Is it actually clinically relevant? Two good examples of that, um, in addition to the ones we talked about, which are, we don't care if we lower your sugar if, if it doesn't improve, right? If, you, if you're still getting kidney disease and heart attacks, we don't care about that. We don't care if we lower your cholesterol if you're still getting heart attacks. In fact, I had a patient today, um, couldn't tolerate statins, had had a stroke, so they put him on a medicine called Repatha, which is $10,000 a year. Um, he couldn't tolerate that either, and the cardiologist had a fit. Oh my God, your cholesterol is going to be high. Meanwhile, Repatha does lower cholesterol very nicely for $10,000 a year or better, but it has never been shown to reduce stroke or heart attack. So I told this guy, I said, you're not, you're, you're doing just fine. Your number might be high, but this medicine was a worthless medicine. And the only thing we care about, stroke and heart attack, right? The two ones I was going to talk about, um, and we'll talk more about these are bone density. So one of the, we talked a little about bone density and it's based on a measurement, right? We, and we don't know if by improving your bone density, we're actually making your bone healthier uh, because, uh, because denser bones are often not healthier. But one of the barometers that prove that a clinically relevant endpoint is reached is that there are fewer back fractures in people who take these medicines than who don't. In fact, it's fairly substantial. It's about 30 out of 1,000 people who take these medicines for three years avoid a back fracture. These are called compression fractures. They happen without trauma. They just happen. The, the square bones in your back just squish. That's called a compression fracture. So is that clinically relevant? Well, wait a minute. Maybe, right? If you get a back fracture that's small, big, whatever, but it, you don't know that it happened, then that's not clinically relevant. We all get back fractures, but if they don't hurt us, if they don't cause pain, if they don't cause something that we notice, then there's no relevance to that. So really these studies should have been measured painful back fractures. And when we do that, because there are very few studies that do that, but when you dig into the, the few that do, and by the way, the, um, the drug companies who run these studies don't have to ask that question. They only have to do x-rays and say, look, there's this tiny improvement in fracture. So we're gonna say, big, good job guys, successful drug. But when we look at the reduction in painful back fractures, okay, now we got a microscopic improvement with these drugs. It's one out of a thousand over three years. So is that worth it? Well, it might be if you're dealing with a person who gets a lot of back fractures um, and will try anything, but even so, you're not giving them much. Um, so clinically relevant endpoint. The other clinically relevant endpoint we talked about was stroke if you get blood thinners for atrial fibrillation. We've talked a lot about that, but just to remind you, if you give blood thinners in a, for a rhythm called atrial fibrillation, your cardiologist might say that you reduce the chance of getting a stroke by 50%. Your cardiologist might pull out a calculator and say, well, there's a 10% you know, 10, uh, 10 chance in the next five years you'll get a stroke if you don't take these blood thinners. All that's bogus anyway. But the real problem is, is stroke a clinically relevant endpoint? You'd think it would be, right? But guess again, most strokes you have no idea even occurred. Strokes occur, they could be tiny, they could be in parts of the brain that we don't use. If you're not Albert Einstein, then you only use about 5% of your brain. So 
most strokes occur in parts of the brain that we're not using. We have no idea they happen. If I look at an MRI in most of my 80-year-olds, they've had a million strokes. Whether they have fewer strokes on blood thinners or not on blood thinners, we don't know. But if you start looking at clinically meaningful strokes, now clinically meaningful strokes are any stroke you notice. I'm not even saying it has to be a big stroke. I just mean a clinically meaningful stroke or what we call a disabling stroke. And mind you, most disabling strokes are very small. Most of them go away. So even in disabling strokes, most of them are not clinically relevant. But if we just use that as a barometer of clinically relevance, clinical relevance, then out of a thousand people who take blood thinners, six of them avoid clinically relevant strokes. Now, again, of those six people, probably three or four of them will either have very small strokes or their strokes will go away. Um, but six out of a thousand. So when, when the cardiologists start giving these big numbers, they're talking about all strokes, just so you know that. If you ask a cardiologist to give you clinically relevant stroke, they won't know what the heck you're talking about because they get all their information from these calculators or from the nearest drug company salesman who came in or from their American College of Cardiology um, guidelines, which are largely based on pharmaceutical uh, guidelines, or they're getting it from the journals they read, which are drug company-sponsored studies that do not report on clinically relevant strokes. These people are not, these people, even though these cardiologists, even though they haven't had a stroke, do have a processing problem with trying to figure out which strokes are relevant and why that's important. Of course it's important, right? You don't want to take a blood thinner, which we'll talk about next time, has tremendous side effects. Um, unless you're sure it's going to help you, or at least a good chance. Right now, now we're, we've just shrunk the number of the people it helps. To put it another way, 994 out of 1,000 people who take these blood thinners do not have any clinical improvement. Again, clinically relevant things. If we're going to look at um, a stress test that a cardiologist might give you, it might show that you have a blockage. And then you'll go and get the blockage open. But is that blockage clinically relevant? What is the chance that that blockage is going to lead to a heart attack? What is the chance that opening that blockage is going to reduce a heart attack? Again, when we look at those numbers, clinically relevant. So the way they measure it is, okay, you had 90% blockage, we just put in a stent, and now you have no blockage. We're, you could thank us later. You've just paid us 30,000, but the thanks should come later because we just saved your life. But hold on, they haven't saved anyone's life. There are good studies in this, and that shows that if you open up a blocked artery, you save no lives. You prevent no heart attacks. Um, it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't, and we've discussed why, because most people have big blockages, have already bypassed them themselves without having to pay the cardiologist or ask for thanks. The body does not charge and does not ask for thanks and does not pretend it's a hero. It's just doing its thing. And the body's good to you most of the time. So again, clinically relevant. Yes, we could say we opened up the artery, but is that clinically relevant? The answer is no. When we go through, and it's and a stress test, similarly, if, we, if our stress test shows blockages, was that a clinically relevant thing we found? And the answer is no. In fact, 85% um, to 90% of people who have heart attacks would have had a normal stress test the day before, and 85% of people 
who had an abnormal stress test who then go on to catheterization and stenting would not have had a heart attack. So we have not helped you at all. We're just measuring irrelevant, irrelevant endpoints, opened and closed arteries, right? They're absolutely irrelevant. We want to know heart attacks. We want to know death. In fact, people who get stents have a higher rate of stroke than people who don't without reducing their heart attacks. So actually they're clinically relevant. And by stroke, I mean strokes they know about. So by clinically relevant, it's actually worse. Um, and, and this is why we don't do things like prostate cancer screening because we get fine prostate cancer, but is it clinically important we do? Well, if we find it, there's a 1% risk of dying of prostate cancer, whether you treat it or not. So by finding it, we have, we've helped you not at all. In fact, we might cause you a lot of problems because the treatment of the prostate cancer is certainly more harmful than the prostate cancer. Similarly, when we check carotid arteries um, and we find a blockage, that's clinically irrelevant because if we open the blockage, your chance of having a stroke is higher than if we leave the blockage alone. Now, that's assuming you're on cholesterol medicines like statins. Statins, again, are not used to treat cholesterol or lower numbers, but are useful when people have blockages. So that's the important thing. Statin cholesterol medicines really say it all. They are not used to treat numbers. Cardiologists are obsessed with the cholesterol, getting it down below a certain threshold like we talked about. But really, statins are based on their inflammatory reducing properties. They prevent cholesterol from sticking to blood vessels. That's not measurable. We can't measure it. So if you are high risk for having a heart attack or stroke, or you've had one before, going into statin is going to help you regardless of your cholesterol. Measuring the cholesterol is irrelevant. It's an irrelevant endpoint. The clinically relevant endpoint is heart attack and stroke, and we can't measure that. And that's what's so frustrating with clinically relevant endpoints. They are subjective, and also they are uh, not subject to easy measurements. Okay, next time we're going to talk about the other thing your doctor doesn't tell you. Um, is this test procedure drug clinically relevant? Is it going to help you? But the thing they don't tell you is, and also, how's it going to hurt you? They don't like talking about that because if you do get harm from the drug, well, that had nothing to do with the drug almost all the time.